Good afternoon, and welcome to Empowering Family Caregivers Show on Blog Talk Radio. I am Linda Burhans, caregiver advocate, author of the books Connecting Caregivers and Good Night and God Bless, and your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. We are observing American Diabetes Month, so today we're going to talk about exercise tips for seniors with diabetes. To help shed light on this, I am very pleased to introduce our distinguished guest, Dr. Sherry Kohlberg-Oak, Professor Amitria of Exercise Science from Old Dominion University. She is an internationally recognized authority on diabetes and exercise. She has shaped diabetes physical activity guidelines for many professional organizations, including ACSM, American Diabetes Association, American Association of Diabetes Educators, also a fund researcher and author of 10 books, 21 book chapters, and 300 articles. She's the founder of Diabetes Motion and Diabetes Motion Academy. She was also the recipient of the 2016 ADA Outstanding Educator in Diabetes Award. Dr. Oaks, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be with you today. The more education we can get, the better. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. So everybody who's listening, please stand up while we're talking. So you're going to get some physical activity today. Well, Dr. Oaks, if you only have had time to add one physical activity, what would that be? Honestly, I think what I would add in, especially for older individuals, is some type of resistance or weight training. And the main reason why that is so critical is that because as we all age, we are losing some of our muscle mass. It's just sort of um, an inevitable part of the passage of time. However, um, when we are inactive and we sit around most of our day and we don't do anything, we actually lose muscle mass at an even faster rate. And eventually, that in many cases is a contributing factor for people developing type 2 diabetes because muscle is where we store extra carbohydrates that we eat. And if we lose our capacity to store those carbohydrates, then it really, we don't have any other options than to have it raise our blood glucose or go into storage as fat. So it's really critical to start doing any type of movement that you can that adds resistance. So that can be at home using your own body weight as resistance. It can be doing chair push-ups, wall push-ups, you know, different things that are really easy to do actually that don't require a lot of special equipment. Mm. It's funny, a girlfriend of mine, her, her grandmother has diabetes. She lives with her and I'm trying to convince her to start doing something. So they got some weights for her and they told her to make believe that the television only works when you're doing weights. That your weight <laughs> kind of kind of makes the TV work. That's the power for the TV. And she got in the kind of the yeah. habit of it. So now that she's oh, just watching good. TV, she does a little bit of the weights kind of thing. And she said, that's the deal because I don't want to just sit around doing nothing. So I thought right. that was a great Absolutely. idea. No, I mean, however you can work it in, and that is a really good idea. It's, sometimes it's hard to get motivated because maybe it's not that exciting to do. Or, But if you kind of integrated that into something like that where maybe you're doing some um, tricep, biceps curls while you're watching TV and you don't even really think about doing it, you're just doing it. <laughs> That's right. the best way to integrate it in. 
I think sometimes you have to try to find a little fun with it. Absolutely. And, you know, the hand weights are good, but if you don't want to go out and buy those, you can use um, cans of food that are not open or water bottles that are full or there's just, you know, all sorts of things around the house that you can use that adds a little bit of resistance if you want to work on your legs and you're doing some wall sits or whatever, you put some little extra weight in your hands and it doesn't, again, have to be a, a purchase thing. It just can be something you have around the house. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I bet you a lot of people wouldn't have thought about that using a water bottle. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, what about walking? Easy to hold. Well, you know, walking is great. It's just um, not everyone can do it as well as they age simply because maybe their balance is not as good or they don't have a safe place to walk or they need to have someone walk with them. Right. And if you can do that um, – uh, certainly, walking is is also an important thing. But the reason I said you you said pick one, and so I picked resistance training to add in because most people will do some walking or ambulation during the day if they're able to do that. And mm-hmm. of course, if you um, have to walk with a walker, that's fine. You just you know you just walk as long and as far as you can. And sometimes you try to pick up your pace a little bit if you can, just to you know increase your fitness a little bit. Um, But it really is very important to try to stay active however you can. So let's say you're more of a a person who has to stay in a wheelchair. You're going to have to figure out what you Mm -hmm. can do as upper body exercise. There are a number of things you can do doing seated activities. And they even have chair dancing where you can do stuff while sitting in a chair. That's very interesting. And And that's once again bringing a little fun to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, fun is essential. You know, as adults, we've all had to live with so many things that aren't fun to do in our lifetimes that it's really hard to sustain an activity if we don't get any enjoyment out of it all at all. So that's another key factor for people to pick activities that they really enjoy. And if, if you want to enjoy is walking, then by all means do more walking. If you enjoy dancing and you're able to sign up for classes to learn how to do some new dancing. Um, I yeah. actually did a a book with a geriatric specialist, and one of the things he did to test people's balance is that he actually had them dance, like with a partner, to see how they were able to move around mm-hmm. the room in different directions. And that gave him a lot of feedback as to how much they might need to work on their balancing ability, because that is a critical part of aging well, being able to still stay on your feet and not fall. So we all yeah. need to work on our balance. So dancing is a fun and interesting way to do that. And certainly there are other things you can do to work on your balance. It's just, just practicing standing on one leg at a time nearby something where you can hold on or just partly holding on with a hand or a couple of fingers or whatever. And mm-hmm. practicing that a minute or two every day. And then if you think you're really good at that, try doing it with your eyes closed. But make sure you have something to grab because you will fall <laughs> start to fall over when you do that. But it's really critical to realize that um, balance is something that we also start to lose with aging. And that that's the other thing I really um, recommend. But, again, when you asked me to pick one, I said resistance because a lot of the lower body resistance training activities also double as balance training. So we have to okay. work on the strength of our legs and our core and that also helps us maintain our balance and flexibility as well because if you're really inflexible and you start to <clears throat> lean too far, 
in one direction or another and you're not very flexible, you're more likely to fall. And so flexibility is another key part. Stretching, um, you know, some of the activities that people are into now, like yoga and Tai Chi, all of those are really great because they work on strength and balance and flexibility all at the same time. So and that's another thing to consider. Um, sort of the trendy thing right now is doing yoga and even some Tai Chi. And even that you need to be a little careful with. Like recently I visited my 80-year-old stepmother, and she said, oh, the inside of my leg it was hurting here, and I had to go to the acupuncturist. And I said, what happened to your leg? And she said, I think I overdid it a little bit at my first yoga class. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, especially when you're older and you have been doing things for a while, you, you kind of underestimate how much it might impact you or how sore you can get. So um, I would suggest people start out slowly and progress really slowly. I mean, this is not a race to a finish. To finish. This is a race to basically just to, to maintain your your quality of life, your independent living, your um, just ability to feel good, your well-being yeah. into your older age. And so really there's no destination that you have to reach at any particular point in time as long as you keep moving in the direction of maintaining your physical activity, maintaining your your physical and your mental health. So those are kind of interconnected. Um, actually, physical activity is a great way to help um, offset some of the um, effects of dementia or even prevent um, Alzheimer's. So there are, we have multiple reasons that we need to be active, particularly as we're aging. Yeah. Are there any concerns, though, related to people with diabetes or pre-diabetes? Um, yes, certainly there are. Uh, in particular, what comes to mind is the fact that it's possible if you've had diabetes or even if you have pre-diabetes that you can have some health complications that are related to that, such as some loss of sensation in your feet. And okay. when people have that, uh, we call that neuropathy, when they have that nerve damage, they may not be uh, as uh, stable on their feet because most people, when they lose some sensation in their feet, imagine putting their foot down and not really realizing right when it touches the ground. They usually... Um, will widen their stance and, um, you know, step a little bit more tentatively and those sort of things. And mm-hmm. also, so that's something that, to be aware of that it might change how you walk. And you can also get um, areas of irritation, redness, um, even uh, something that might turn into an ulcer on the bottom of your feet and not be aware of it because you wouldn't feel it. And so... You just need to be careful and check your feet every day. And if you can't see your own feet, uh, the bottom of your own feet, uh, one of my research colleagues always suggests putting a mirror on the floor and just holding your foot up over it so you can see the yeah. bottom of your foot using the mirror. Right. Just want to catch those excellent. problems early. Um, yeah. And also, some again, that's those are the main things that come to mind. Just because neuropathy is probably the most common complication that people with diabetes get. Is that, uh, that another is reversible? Um, you know, it's interesting because there are a couple studies that looked at that when people became more active that they did see some nerve regeneration in their feet. Um, now, whether it's completely reversible, I don't know because if if you haven't changed what caused it in the first place, which is usually elevated uh, blood sugar levels, then it, it may not be possible to completely reverse that. 
Um, mm. Oftentimes, it also may be related to medications because people with diabetes and pre-diabetes often take a, a drug called metformin, and that particular drug can cause um, a deficiency of vitamin B12. And if you become okay. deficient in B12, that can cause symptoms that appear to be like neuropathy in your feet. And so it may oh. just be that they need a high dose of, of B, uh, vitamin D, like a complex, or B12 on a daily basis, and that may reverse some of the symptoms. So that's something sort of to ask the doctors about. Okay. Oh, so what's the biggest barrier to being active that most people face? I think it's um, it's probably a couple of things. One is um, starting out too hard, um, doing anything like your some other feelings. You know, you get you get sore, and then maybe the next time you don't want to do it. Um, right. So so also getting injured, which is a lot more common actually in older individuals and people with diabetes because they're Joint structures get affected by having elevated blood sugars over time. So they kind of get demotivated, and then they may get injured, and then they're back on the sideline again. They're not doing anything. So trying to figure out how to integrate that into your life. So if it means just playing with your weights while you're watching TV, great. Anything is better than nothing. And so figure out what's going to work for you. And, again, don't try to make yourself do something that you're going to absolutely hate because you're not going to do it over time. Right. Right. And then sometimes, too, you got to change it up a little bit. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with variety as far as that goes. Usually cross-training makes you more fit overall, and it will bring into play muscles and groups of muscles and that you might not have been using or using in that particular way. So that's always a good thing. And, and as far as people like with diabetes, let's say they're they're going to do some training or they're going to do some walking. Are they supposed to eat before that or eat after that, or is there anything they should look out with that? I, most of the time, it's only really necessary to add food in if it's good, if if someone uses insulin because insulin can cause blood glucose to drop too low while you're doing the activity, so you might need food for that. But if your goal is really like weight loss or weight maintenance with exercise, the last thing you want to have to do is eat every time you're going to exercise. Um, if somebody does a really prolonged thing, like a three- or four-hour hike, well, certainly it's, there's right, no right. problem with supplementing during that. But for a 30-minute walk or 30 minutes of activity, usually you're not going to have to eat anything for that. Well, we just have to remember to stay hydrated. Yeah, absolutely. Hydration is really good. It's very important, especially in older adults who don't necessarily sense that they're becoming dehydrated as quickly as younger people. So it's yeah. always good to drink plenty of food. I know I, I find with my work with seniors many times they become dehydrated because they don't want to drink because they're afraid they'll have to go to the bathroom and they might fall on the way Exactly. Down. Right. Um, that is that is a valid concern. Um, but I guess it would just drink more during times when it's not as big of a deal to go to the bathroom. Like if they don't like to get up right. at night, they should drink more, you know, in the earlier parts of the day and not in the evening. But right. it's certainly still possible to stay hydrated. Yeah, yeah. So as we come to a close, do you have any other words of wisdom you'd like to give us? One is just to kind of change the way that you think about being physical, physically active. It doesn't have to be like structured exercise all the time. For example, if you just stand up more during the day, that counts as exercise. If you just take more steps or 
just move more, even fidgeting while you're sitting, all of that is helpful. And that's one of the things that we sort of started emphasizing at the American Diabetes Association in the new position statement about exercise is that people should get up every 30 minutes if possible and just break up their sitting time so it's not prolonged sitting for a long period okay. of time. So just get up every 30 minutes and move a little. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Oaks. It's been a pleasure having you as our guest. Thank to you. Learn I more, really appreciate it being on. Thanks. Um, to learn more, you can go to www.shericolberg.com. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in. Join us next time on Tuesday, November 29th at 2 p.m. for our next Caregiver Speak radio show. Our caregiving expert, Marjorie Papp Steinitz, will speak to Heidi Eisenhart, elder law attorney with Shuffield Lowen in Orlando, Florida, about crucial legal issues associated around caregiving. To learn more about eCare Diary and our up-and-coming shows, visit www eCareDiary.com. Registration is free, is free and gives you immediate access to your personal care diary tool. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Twitter address is eCare underscore diary. Thank you again and have a delicious day.